This is definitely a first for the podcast. It was definitely an easy way to get in um, a non-traditional, yet very traditional song. (laughs) Running out of songs that we like. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 73 of the Light Shed podcast. Brandon Ross, Richard Greenfield, and Walter Pysik coming at you. I mean, a Klezmer band on our podcast is uh, certainly interesting, Brandon. How does it feel to be married? You're still married, Uh, right? I mean, it's been a week. Um, almost. It, almost a week. I'm still married. There's a couple of things that <laughs> I really there's a couple of things I really uh, like about being married. I didn't think it was going to be any different. Um, but one thing I really like is having the ring. And <laughs> the reason I like it is because I have a fidget spinner on me at all times. There's always well, something to play. The with. odds, if you take if you take it off, the odds are you're going to lose it. And I already remember we've already had one episode of this podcast of losing Jesse's ring. So I'm waiting for the episode where Brandon loses his ring. Well, this one's a lot less expensive, a lot <laughs> less expensive. I've already basically shredded the ring because um, we went to Moab. Um, yeah, and all the Park rock City climbing after. It yeah, and I scraped down. I fell yeah. down and scraped it, and I like. In addition to, uh, I don't know. I think I bruised my tailbone. My butt is in a lot of pain <laughs> and has been. Um, I see well, that gives that gives the ring character shit Brandon, out of the ring. It up, like really scrape the shit out of it. Yeah, um, but I do like that. The other thing I like is if you don't want to do something. Right. Um, if you like in the old days, a.k.a. before last week, if I told someone, well, you know, my girlfriend doesn't want to do that or doesn't like it you know, or doesn't want me to do that or something. Everyone's like your girlfriend who gives a shit. But now it's like, oh, my wife says no. That's like that's like a real excuse. So I have built in excuses for everything now. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> oh god this is definitely gonna go viral this board of people are just gonna clip that and send that around that is what? definitely getting it's, back to that, that is definitely going around um but overall um an amazing weekend thank you guys um for yeah, being there funny. really Utah, being there for second me. best state in the country well Behind you guys, Wait, what's the best is don't, don't tell York. me philadelphia is oh, i thought you were state. i thought you were philadelphia gonna go is a city rich um, yeah it's state, true it's true the state is pennsylvania um and that not in the top five, although Philly's great, but Utah number two. I mean, if you think about Utah, um, first of all, when I signed my marriage license, they asked if I it, like there's a question about whether I have other wives. So I think that <laughs> I can I can have several wives because I got Was married. That really a question? In the, yes, this is really why you like Utah better. Yeah, uh, oh right. God. So that maybe. That, that would have made a like, great slide, Brandon. Super, no, no, you should have taken a screenshot of that portion of the marriage license just so we could talk it's, about it's it. It's the application. We also had a the application. We also had a wonderful tour at a uh, distillery in Utah, of all things, where we learned that Brigham Young was, in fact, an owner of three distilleries. What's a, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that. 
Um, Joe says polygamy is illegal in Utah now, yet they asked me on my marriage license if I had other wives. If it's actually illegal, why would they have asked me um, about other wives? Just checking. Number one. Number two. That was oh, still one of my favorite HBO shows. I mean, a sleeper show. Big Love was oh, awesome. Big Love was, was awesible. Awesome. What were Bill you Pullman. Saying? I mean, that was amazing. Walt about Brigham Young. We learned that a he, lot about Brigham Young that when we were whiskey at tour. a distillery in Utah, um, which makes a High wonderful West. double ride. And um, the prairie for you bourbon lovers out there. Also <laughs> excellent. Um, but they talked about how Brigham Young owned several distilleries way back when. And, and I think was trying to corner the market at one point. I think that was the allegation. That it, that, that allegation, it sounded well, like it was true. We he went into a lot of detail about that. I had to do a little Googling on that. And of course, I, the other thing about Utah is it has five national parks. Yeah, the parks are the best. And the best snow on earth. Um, so it's a great state. and um, Second best state in the country. To New York, you just said. Correct. Rich in thinks idea. Florida is the best state in the country. <laughs> that is definitely not true. I, I end up That's being a good here background, a lot, given that you're in Florida to have Rich. Uh, Rich is in Florida there, right Tiger now. King. Rich, how is Parents Weekend going? Um, it's good so far. I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I'm are going to my wearing, first Miami are you football your game. Mask. Uh, I'm wearing my mask. I'm going to my first Miami Hurricane football game tomorrow afternoon. Who are they so, playing? I think Central Connecticut State. You know, it's like one of those joke games. That's, I assume that's what it sounds weekend. like a Michigan. Sounds like a Michigan opponent. Yeah. <laughs> Michigan is number 19 in the country. Yeah, I know. Number right 19 we'll, after, after, after beating over. nobody. Yeah. Let, let's Formats. see. Yeah. Classic let's, Michigan style. Okay. Let's go on to the first let's slide. See what they got. Okay. okay. We got, um, we're going to talk about alternative segue. Plus, yeah. Talking about alternative audio your favorite topic walter should we play this first or should we introduce play it, it? Well, no, no, introduce what it is introduce what it is for the podcast listeners as many of you probably know espn which hosts the monday night game brian greasy is one of the announcers one of the not a great announcer but thankfully espn has a secondary broadcast where they have the, the manning brothers and in this case um they brought on the manning brothers on an alternative cast where they show the game and they also show the Mannings. They also have Pat McAfee, who, if you follow him on Twitter, great follow on Twitter, punter, funny guy. Play the audio, Rich, please. Okay. We had a good time, okay? So we obviously had a couple of drinks. We go back to the casino there that's connected to the hotel. Pate was very nice. He obviously rented out half of the casino, okay? And I've never seen this move happen, but we had this whole area to ourselves, basically. And uh, I had to head out of there early because I lost all my money at the big tables and I didn't really know the games they were playing. So I went over uh, to go back to our bedroom. And to get to our room, you had to walk right past the uh, the, the roulette, basically. I had to walk right past it to sit there. So I stopped and I put my... I put my chips all around. I was like, all right, number one, I'm wearing number one. Number four, Adam Vinatieri, I'm going to do that. I put all my chips out. It was like a couple hundred bucks worth or whatever. And then at that time, Peyton had come out of the area that we had, you know, in the back there from the thing. And as soon as that curtain he looks moved, like it was Mark like Stone with that Cold tank Steve top Austin on. with the glass break, you know. <laughs> That's His a beard. big-ass head, Eli, you've seen it before, I'm sure, a hundred times. As soon as it hits that public area, there's a buzz, you know. Oh, Eli, or, or Peyton Manning, yeah. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning, especially in French like Indiana. I mean, these people, Jesus Christ might as well just walked out from behind the curtain. You know what I mean? I mean, that just happened. So he's walking through this entire thing. Place is going crazy. And I'm at the roulette thing or whatever, you know, and it's right before you get to the elevator. So you had to walk past and he literally stops 
right next to me. Very and he goes, uh, how about that red 18, Pat? And gives me like a gun and a wink, you know? <laughs> and immediately at that point, everybody that's at the table goes, well, who the hell is this doofus, right, that has been standing here? And why did Peyton even say anything to him? And I, I was like, ah. I don't, I don't know, I'm the cat or whatever, you know. And then everybody kind of looks at me and we make a decision, a sound decision, and the dealer like almost waits. And they're like, we should, put, we should go on red 18. Everybody on the table put all the chips on red 18. I had to pick mine up off of one, four, all the other ones. And no, this is not a lie. This is no BS. I'm sure they have cameras and surveillance footage. Spins that thing, 18 hits, bananas, the whole place. Obviously, Peyton just walks out as if this was a regularity. Everybody got paid, and uh, it was at that moment. It was at that moment I was like, "All right, Peyton tells me to jump. Like, how high, dude? Whatever you need." This the legend thing. grows. That's why the when he said the grows That's why when that. he said this when is he said the very exciting. Go I got to watch four play NFL game, plays in the middle of the on. podcast. I, like, All right, I bet this. I bet this <laughs> son of a bitch is right. I bet this is going to be it. And so this just shows how alternative audio can make the game even more interesting. And for those of us that don't appreciate certain announcers, in this case, it's Brian Greasy, but in other cases, it's Joe Buck uh, or Chris Collingsworth, or even maybe getting your local broadcaster. Um, you know, clear example. Do we have ratings numbers on this stuff, Rich? We do. And I think that's what's so interesting. Well, before, you, that, before you even pull the ratings yeah. numbers up, I mean, you know, when you watch an NFL game or most of these sports, the actual amount of action is so limited. So the well, isn't it like sub 20 minutes, Brandon, like person, you can dance yeah, the game. Right. So the person who's telling the story, that's like basically, you know, 95% of it. So to, to Walt's point, it's imperative that the audience enjoy um, that piece, that piece of it. All right. But I want to go back to that because I think that's important. Because remember we had David Stern, we interviewed the late David Stern and he was talking about how sort of one of the problems of sort of Gen Z and, and millennials was they can just watch the plays. And so if you think about the NFL, you can condense the whole game to, you know, some key plays, but what, the actual story behind the game or the story around the game, which is really what, you know, we were just listening to yeah. is just storytelling, give, making it interesting and giving you a reason to tune in live versus just watch the highlights later. That's to me, what's so interesting about yeah, sort uh, of this uh, concept. A hundred percent. If you go back to when we were kids and I think about why I love baseball. It was, you know, Bob Murphy is like uh, weaving the stories um, through the Mets. I used to li like to listen to the radio broadcast rather than than watching it to hear those stories and to to hear um, that that telling. I mean, that's and some people like to listen to their local announcers. There might be someone else talking about fantasy stuff. I remember like hearing stories about Howard Cosell that people would get so upset about like controversial stuff he would he would watch. But like this is a way for the NFL to potentially broaden the market. If you had like Howard Stern or or um, oh my god, I'm blanking on Joe Rogan. Like imagine you have Joe yeah. Rogan on there. He brings his audience sure. just to listen him listen him riff but, about nonsense. Portnoy, Portnoy's done live streams yeah. during the World Series. Like where you watch him and his and his and his group while he's, they're watching he, the game. Yeah, I was going to say that that is the best example um, of all of this. The most extreme example, but there are tons and tons of people who rather watch Portnoy watch the game than watch the game themselves. But the, that I says think you all. don't we don't need to see, no offense dave but we don't need to see you i know you like 
you know. Dave, you don't think Dave is handsome? I think he's a very handsome man, but I don't <laughs> think we need to see him. So that's the one thing, like, you know, if you look at the Peyton, at the Manning broadcast, we don't need them in a sidebar. Give me the full screen of the game. Peyton and Eli are going to be hilarious. Portnoy would be hilarious. Fucking what's his face? Um, Rogan, I'm sure it'll be fine, but just, just let me pick an alternative audio stream and then watch the game. And I think that's enough. We don't need to, to see Dave and his crew sitting there. And maybe you can like kind of cut into them and out to them. Like if there's a bad play and one guy's like, you know, holding his head in his hands, like they show, you know, the guys on the, on the floor on a bad day. But like, you know, I think there's some, some tweaking that can be done and look, well, Amazon not, not to shift, not to shift topics, but like when you think about companies like Amazon and Apple and sure. YouTube TV with Google, you know, a simple screen that slides in and out to see the video or not see the video doesn't seem technologically too complicated that in 2021. Yeah. Right. Like, well, I know we live in an antiquated, well, we no, might no, set top no. box need, from charter yes, is 20 years right. old, but you, you obviously you need IP feed. Yeah. Right. Okay, so but Amazon, everything well. will, everything will be IP. Most, I mean, even your, um, your classic cable bundle, you're like, right. You have Xfinity has, um, oh my God one the x1 or the x1. xi something whatever but if I'm you're a little, amazon I'm a little apple, rusty after yeah, a week off. yeah you'll get back to it but if yeah. you're amazon or apple and you're negotiating for sunday ticket why not add this as an extra right to say look let me layer on my own audio and some of this other alternative alternative hosts and and it fits into what the nfl has told us that they want which is things that help to broaden the market meaning put it on multiple distribution channels defining as well as we're going to get some fucking paid out payout for this as well. Right. Uh, on the, on sure. the renegotiation. So. Well, and look, I mean, the, point, the whole well, world, it's, it's driving the, world the whole world has gone to bespoke experiences, customization, all these things. Right. Yep. I, it's just move with the rest of the world. And it's not, but, and but to what, your point, Brandon, it's not hard to do, right? If you have an IP feed, yes. this isn't, this isn't complex yeah. shit. This is easy. No, it's just a matter of human advertising. It's just different. It's just a different way of running the business. Is it a little more expensive because you're running the main feed and then you're adding two Mannings? It's definitely adding cost. Whatever. If, I'm I just, mean, your investment is so big in the NFL. You should do what you can to protect it. These are tiny little yep. costs compared to what it Correct. costs to, to license that content. Yeah. It's, it's a but the biggest the thing for our listeners, but the biggest thing for our listeners or watchers it's just week one was 800,000 viewers for the for the secondary feed and week two was almost 1.9. And so I don't think that's because the game was necessarily a better game. I think it's just there was great word of mouth of, hey, were yeah, you watching the Manning feed versus the regular feed? And I mean, a, a million eight or a million nine viewers, Brandon, like that's a pretty big number. Just, you know, outside of the NFL, that's a big number for television. As you and, said to you know, me earlier, that's more people than watch WWE Raw. All right, so what's the over under for this coming week? I believe the game. I'm going to I'm going to say 3 million. That's a good line. That's a good line. Um, that's a good line. It's, you who's the game? to take the is over. Is it a good I game? I think it's Cowboys Eagles, right? This is Monday night we're talking, right? I'm going to say I'm yeah. going to say 3 million. Yeah, it's Eagle it's 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 Eagles Cowboys. So Right, so you're going to have a huge audience for the game. You would think. Huge audience, Manning. That's I think yeah, I would I would go 3 million. I think that's a good bet. But that's not the bet, Rich. The bet is over under. Is it over three million or under three million? I think it'll be like three million so far. I gotta be. I, I'm gonna stay take, under. Make a I'm call. gonna say under. 
I'm going to say go under. Then. Just I'm under. Over three. Okay. Cool. And look, okay. overall, so NFL rating. Can we ratings... start, like, when we do these bets, like, having stuff on the line to make it a little No, I think high. that's illegal. We're not registered to as a, as a sports book quite yet. No, but it doesn't have to be money. <laughs> the, the bigger question is when we when they layer on these these alternative these alternative feeds, does it drive overall ratings up? I think it's hard from you know to make comps year to year, but you know I would think that overall you're going to help to broaden out the viewership of the NFL. Look, the craziest thing about this season so far is that the NFL through the first couple of weeks is you know this is the highest ratings that we've seen since 2016 for the for the NFL overall. We've gone through talks of like, is the NFL too political? Is is it fading with all the other sports? And you know, we've got baseball down huge numbers, basketball down huge numbers, and the NFL just comes back and is just the NFL, crushing. The NFL is insane. Well, the content has been, the games have been phenomenal. The only thing I would argue, though, I'm going to point this I've out. From, like, oh, we're going back to NFL officiating. Dude, the officiating is a problem Dude. again. Tony Corrente needs to be fucking vault. fired. Uh, I'm going to warn any of our DC um, listeners out there vault. that Corrente is calling the Redskins, or excuse me, the Washington football teams, whoever they're playing, I think they're playing the Bills or Miami, doesn't matter their game this week. So you'll see. But Brandon, this is an issue. Like it was an issue a couple of years ago. They, they cleaned it up. And then you're having a lot of shitty calls that takes away from the fun of the game. Get it together, NFL. All right, next slide. Okay, let's go. Moving on. So um, we've got a couple of, you know, there was some big news out of Disney that essentially that they're going to take their entire slate. So this is Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Disney will give an exclusive theatrical run to the remaining titles of its 2021 slate. Definitely not surprising after what they did with Shang-Chi that they were taking Eternals, which is the next Marvel film, into theaters exclusively for 45 days. I think the far stranger part of this is that they're doing the entire slate. So West Side Story, you know, doesn't fit that young teen demographic that is going to movies right now. West Side, you know, Encanto, very young kids. Yes, only a 30-day window for that film. But again, kids' films you're seeing more and more go essentially free to streaming day and date just because families have still been more hesitant to return to theaters. So again, not surprising that Disney is going back to theaters exclusively for a sh- very short period of time, more that they're doing it with all films versus being selective in which films they pick and choose okay. that could work in a theater. And at the same time, one week later, right after your wedding, Brandon, Bob Chapin gets onto stage at a conference and basically lowers expectations for the next couple of quarters for Disney Plus saying we've got production delays, we've got weakness in Latin America, we've got some tough issues in Asia. You know, they've got the content. I mean, all the films we just mentioned, if they were all on Disney Plus right away, that would have been a lot of content yeah. that would have negated the production what's, delays. What's interesting about some of that content, especially like West Side Story, is it's not like we talked about this a few a few weeks ago. They probably have every Marvel fan, every yes. Star Wars fan. It's for them now. It's about who is the next subscriber to Disney Plus, and Westside like Hamilton. Westside's like Hamilton, did. right? Yeah, Hamilton expanded the base. I remember we looked at those charts from Antenna um, at the time, and Hamilton was responsible for adding more subscribers than anyone else, than any other content. You should. So, you, again, you need to hit other demos. Right. Pretty sure, Brandon, so you have you this, this. I'm pretty sure, ahead, Brandon, made, you made this exact point 
like two or three weeks ago, we were talking about this on the numbers and like, you know, saying this exact issue in terms of the Marvel saturation Yeah, and to see it manifest itself in the actual numbers. Yeah. I don't mind putting, I don't mind putting those in theaters unless you want to, you know, start goosing our poo. Um, but but this other other stuff, you should probably, uh, hit day and date. And yeah, also just, the other just, thing I noticed in there, like if you go back to that Alex Sherman tweet now, Delta, I mean, I didn't listen to the conference. Obviously I didn't work this week. Um, Delta is now a headwind. I thought that was a tailwind for streaming services. No, no, this was more Delta. It was specifically tied to the theme park slowing back down. So they oh, had okay. a slowdown at the parks again, okay. tied to tied to Delta. Basically as soon as, as soon as, the, as soon as they reported Delta in late August had an impact. Rich, I have a Disney Parks anecdote for you while we're talking about Delta. I had a friend that went to Florida um, this week and went to Disney and said the staff at Disney were all over the guests to get their masks on and were very aggressive. They went to Universal and it was just... No one was doing it. People mask were off. No, no, none of the staff were saying anything. Uh Oh, Comcast. Yeah, it was completely different. That Disney was locking Mm. down on the masks and Universal wasn't. That's an anecdote from someone that's been that was there within the last two weeks. That's a. So uh, so you're saying I would be far more comfortable at Disney World than at Universal. I'm just giving you my anecdote of fact from one person. So let's talk about a little bit of surprises. At the same time that Disney's talking about production. Disruptions due to COVID, uh, which is impacting their ability to get content on and therefore lowering expectations for subs. And remember, Disney probably lowered subs expectations. The street was probably 11 or 12 million for subscribers, and they're probably going to do 2 million subscribers in the quarter. I don't remember Netflix ever missing subs by 9 million subs, Brandon. And the stock, you know, oh, the stock rebounded for Disney the next day. And so, like, net, net, Disney stock has barely moved. It's just sort of funny. Like, if Netflix missed by 9 million subs on 11 million expectation, the stock would have been down like 25%. But at the same time, uh, Netflix has two big surprises, you know, beyond the uh, a really big Emmy night for both uh, Netflix and Apple TV+. Plus. But the, the, the thing that's sort of surprising is Netflix has been talking about just a huge content Q4. A lot of titles we know about, like movies like Red Notice and coming back. But what we didn't know is Tiger King 2 coming back, a Britney Spears documentary. Both of these sort of just dropped out of Brit- nowhere in the Brit- last that couple Britney of days. That Britney one, I'm sure, is going to be huge. Um, I'm skeptical about Tiger King 2. Remember when there was like making a murderer two? Like yep. no one gave a shit. So I I know it's your background this week, Rich, but no, 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 no. I agree with you. It's like it was it was novel for the first one, but exactly. But what like what more is there to in the story to tell? They're jumping the tiger. I guess they thought I thought I guess they thought Trump was going to release him or whatever. And like, I don't know. I think the other thing, Brandon, though, just, just goes to your point. Streaming services need a really diverse array of content and documentaries, reality TV, movies, scripted series. There's or super serve and lean into ARPU. That's it, you know, one or the other or both. But right now, um, you know, correct. And I think it's just interesting that <laughs> so, Netflix like wireless, everyone wants to lean into ARPU, lean into ha- ARPU, hashtag inflation. That, that was <laughs> the worst, like. Cheryl, no one can find the net ads anymore, but you got to lean into ARPU for for revenue growth. (laughs) 
uh, it'll just be interesting if Netflix does put up a huge quarter, you know, based on sort of Man, the way the, the stock's array moving, they better put up a huge quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, Q4 specifically, not so much Q3, but Q4. No, of I agree course, that Q4 guy. Uh, let's go to cable, Walt, because I think there's been a lot going on in actually just broadband, I guess. more than Speaking of cable. leaning into ARPU, leaning. that's the yes. segue, Rich. Speaking of leaning into ARPU, um, you know, so I don't know, you know, we were two weeks out because we missed last week, but Comcast, I don't even know when this happened. Time's such a blur. Um, Comcast, Comcast was last week. Char- Altice was this week. Comcast and Altice have some issues on the broadband subs. Altice is actually going to be negative broadband subs. Stock got spanked on that. So Verizon, who has fiber, which is very good up and down, has um, apparently no issue and highlighted the... Continued- By the way, Altice is down another 10% today. Wow. So they can, so apparently their, their, their calls hair. after the call have not gone well. So Hans Vestberg, CEO of Verizon, highlighted the continued momentum in its Fios business. So if this is some industry thing where, you know, back to school and pulled in from Q3 to Q2 is in fact um, not happening in Fios, then it's not really an industry thing. Um, and this is also before the potential impact of competition is AT&T and, and others build out fiber and wireless companies deploy C-band and other spectrums to come at the other end. All of this is before that impact as we kind of come off these huge numbers from COVID. Cable says year. it's not competition, though. It's it's all gross ads. What that's, but isn't that worse that the gross ads are not there and this is before competition even hits? And by the way, Cable also says, as we all know, that, oh, this is record low churn, best churn over. And as a reminder to our podcast listeners, and I've said this now probably the 15th time, so take your drink. <laughs> this is a metric that Cable does not report. <laughs> yeah, Rich has lifted his coffee cup. He lifted his cup. Drink. He's like, like on command. Every time Cable... I do whatever Walt tells me to do. We, when we oh, get on these Lord. calls, every time Cable says that, you know, something about churn, the metric that they don't report, everyone, please take a drink. Um, Look, basically, though, you know... We saw it with Netflix, and you see it here. It's just it's just pull forward, COVID pull forward. That's it. And well, why didn't that people, happen to people FIOS? People rush to broadband. Oh, you're saying in general, but why are FiOS numbers so good? What are overall industry numbers? Okay, you're right. Smaller relative to overall industry numbers. That's we'll, right. We'll tally them up. That's fine. I mean, FiOS is tiny relative to Comcast. Comcast, Comcast is. Short. I just don't understand huge. how you can have this industry move and. Okay. I think the, the the bigger thing is is just you know if we flip to the next slide is just sort of what sort of the regulatory environment. Oh, why can't I get it to go to the next slide? There well, we go. Let me, let me continue. Here, I, Rich. So I, this aside, is not a joke. In my mind, when he said flip to the next slide, I was like, oh my god, Rich is so on that so seamless this week. <laughs> and then he fucking didn't switch and flip to the next slide. Uh, I'm not not in my home. First of all, I'm not in my home environment. And so I'm a little, you know, doing this remotely is not as easy. But so we've had at least I have my microphone for our COVID cave, Rich. Yes, my COVID (laughs) cave in Florida. We've had the um, COVID pull forward. We potentially have the competitive threat. And then on top of it all, we're still awaiting an FCC pick. And I just want to add a little bit of color to this. Um, You know, it seems like there's obviously battles within the democratic party between the progressives and, you know, the more traditional, um, I don't know what you would call them, a centrist, uh, beltway. If we were in the Republican party, I guess it's the difference between the swamp and the Trumpers or, you know, so it's just this kind of differential that you have within the parties. Um, so the, the theory is that if the progressives 
you know, give on legislation that maybe they get something back in terms of agency appointments. And that could be what's happening at the FCC right now, that you're waiting um, for a progressive to be announced as chairman, as opposed to what would be considered, again, Beltway, which would be uh, current acting chair, chairperson, chairwoman, I guess, um, Jessica Rosenworcel, or even Starks. I mean, you, if you look at Rosenworcel, who got 25 senators to sign support for her this week, the number one name on the list was Joe Manchin. So if you're a progressive, you know, you probably want someone like of the Tim Wu ilk in there. So we'll see how I mean, that plays out. I think this is this an is inter- in, like they like there's this much polarization on fucking FCC. Well, I think it's within the party overall. So again, Brandon, like if you yeah. give up on certain things you want within this budget or infrastructure right, bill, right, whatever, right, right, and you say, okay, yeah. but here you can have the agency Everything's go after these companies for antitrust, yeah. right? But then at some point you push too hard and you can't get a progressive through, and then maybe they get some Republican There's votes to get worse. There's basically four parties now. There aren't like under the guise of there being two parties. So why does this matter though? Which is that if you get a progressive as the chairman or chairperson who's running the agenda, then a lot of the stuff that we said about net neutrality looks different than I think potentially than what uh, Wheeler said, meaning net neutrality where rate regulation is not <laughs> held back and you know any type of transactions that go ahead of in front of the FCC, given the kind of statement um, that the president put out earlier um, in terms of big companies and antitrust and everything else becomes more aggressive. So I think th- these are the things to watch. I think you're probably going to have to wait to see Although, look, at the end of the day, like if they're going to throw a bone to the to the progressives or vice versa, there's no reason they can't do it now. I'm not sure why you have to wait for the final sure. bill, right? You can well, like when, but like I don't know, like a week ago, Rosenworcel tweets out. Uh, actually, she retweeted a political article, and it was from an interview that she did. And it's broadband's not a luxury good; it's now a necessity, says FCC Chair Jessica Rosenworcel. The days of just calling it a luxury good are over. It's an essential service for everyone well, yeah, everywhere. No, <laughs> no, yes, but 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 I think to to Walt's point on sort of the progressive agenda is how do you do that? How fast can you move it? Can you force greater fiber deployment into areas where it's not economic? Can you force price regulation? Like those are all the things that, you know, are potentially at play, you know, and who who would it hurt most? It would be the levered cable names would be the most impacted because wired broadband is probably the target of this far more than wireless. Like that, that is just the reality of where we are as a country. And so, you know, I think from a stock standpoint, Charter and Altice, it's certainly Charter just giving it the breath. Honestly, though, Rich, like stock with rate regulation where the prices go up every year, right? Is that, I guess, take the competition. Do they go up every year? You're you're just discounting the fact that that competition is not going to happen, that fiber overbuild is not going to happen. Otherwise, that's a very, very high multiple stock. But it's putting both issues together, right? It's putting yeah. together yeah. Right. price yep. regulation yep. 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 With, with growing competition. competition. No, logically, and absolutely. absolutely. Logically, you could say, well, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense because if there's competition, why should there be rate regulation? Like, okay, explain, ex- exp- explain that to the progressive that gets put in at the head of the FCC. Because oh, they boy. will argue so, that that is not competition. <laughs> the only thing I want to know, Walt, is what are the odds that we end calendar 2021 with two Republicans at the FCC and one Democrat. At this point, what is, it's September 24th. I think yes. it's, there's a 40, I'm going to put it at a 40% chance. That's at the absurd. Moment. Right. It's, I, by I, by I the actually, way, like, I asked somebody, I asked somebody, had it ever happened? And they actually didn't know like whether the reverse party ever had more people and no one actually knew the answer. 
I'm pretty That's sure literally th- fucking absurd. I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure the answer is no. And just just to restate for our listeners, if the Republicans are in a majority, it still doesn't matter because the president appoints the chairman. The chairman runs the agenda. So frankly, it's not really different than what we have now with two two versus two. No, I know. It's but just it, it's, it's comical. It's just comical. It is an embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. It's an embarrassment. Yes. And not even optically. In reality, it's an embarrassment. Yes. So okay, let's move on. Uh, we've got uh, sports betting, Brandon. You want to go into the Fanatics? Sure. Uh, this is from Darren Ravel. Fanatics has flipped the merchandise and trading card business on its head. Sports betting is definitely next. But who will they acquire? Rush Street Interactive is the leader. RSI is also the leader in the battle to license the SPN name for sports books. Um, gl- glad the world is finally starting to notice what's going on about Fanatics. We wrote um, a big thing about it in our what we're thinking about coming out of summer piece uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, this is a company that uh, last round was 18 billion. They're getting ready for an IPO. Um, They're making moves everywhere. Hired Matt King to kind of lead the sports betting effort, um, which is a big deal. And the question is, is this a kind of a buy or a build? Um, I think it makes sense probably um, to to buy here. Uh, you can buy a second tier sports book. Yeah, RSI why has got not, some why traction. Not? Yeah, why not? And then you have the deep pockets and you have the customer lists, et cetera, et cetera. And you can kind of cross market. Um, well, especially and, when you and, think about pool the resources, but at least, you know, you have the infrastructure there. But uh, obviously, Matt is way smarter um, in this area than I am. Um, but kind of. I, I also don't. Th- I, I, I just ahead. think that like Fanatics is a great new brand, right? Like I just think it, you know, it has no sort of historical, you know, you just think about like taking on if you were to put Rush Street with Fanatics um, and then you sort of take on. Because you're saying like Rush and also Rush Street brand means like. Just get shit. rid of it. You just, it would just yeah. be called Fanatics. Yeah. Fanatics betting or Fanatics book, whatever. I don't even care. But, but like, look, this, this industry, we keep saying it is going to be an oligopoly eventually. And it's just who is who's in the three or four shit ton of consolidation and others that fall to the wayside. And we truly believe fanatics has as good a chance, not as anyone, because obviously FanDuel, DraftKings and MGM are like, you know, leaders, but, um, but, but there's more of fanatics. Why don't you read the other piece? Else. Um, the athletic is looking for a buyer at a price of 750 million scooped by, uh, Jessica Tunkel. Um, yeah. So, the athletic I mean, fanatics was has, mentioned has in been that. looking for a buyer for a while. Everyone thought it was going to be the New York times. New York times said no, but fanatic was, was mentioned there. And we said we would not be surprised if they did something um, broader in sports media. It could it be journalism. Yes. We did talk about local. We said that we thought our ascends um, yeah. were a big possibility. Obviously, the athletic leans heavily into um, into local. That's sort of their bread and butter. So the pieces it's all starting are to fit together. together. No, no, yes. the, the pieces like you the can puzzle, see how they're yes, building the puzzle this. pieces are being are ranging. And also, I'm pretty excited for the new Fanatics NHL store that's opening right by the garden. Um, I just read an article about it. It's going to be massive. So that's going to be cool. But what's interesting is, in there. 
Well, no, because what's interesting is you've got fanatics looking to sort of build this kind of omni-channel sports that you've called sort of the Amazon of sports. Yep. You've got Fox sort of stuck in this weird situation trying to navigate through, you know, with FanDuel. It may not even get, you know, goes to arbitration in March, probably gets decided by May, at worst case, June, um, hopefully sooner, but like it's going to be a while. Um, those two companies sort of like fighting for ownership in, in a, what is going to be a nasty arbitration battle. You've got Disney sort of can't really merge with a sports book because with ESPN because of the kind of sin issues. So looking to license its brand, the big companies have no interest. Caesars, DraftKings don't seem to have any interest in paying a huge price. And now you've got DraftKings going, you know what? Rather than license the Disney brand, we're doing something totally different. We're going overseas. We're well, making a huge acquisition offer well, to try to build and, they're, and they're expand gonna, our they're business. They're going to try whether NT accepts that. There have been other right. offers um, for them in the past. But um, going back well, and to And is the half theme, owned by another U.S. sports book. Yeah, I know, which is kind of crazy. Weird. Right. But going going back to um, the theme here behind sports betting is one on its own sports betting, not that big or profitable of a business. Right. So Entain also has some of this, uh, some of these iCasino assets. Number one. Number two is scale is is another thing. This gives them um, a lot more scale and deep and deep pockets. Um, So. The, the themes on sports betting are in place and we'll see what happens. Why don't you get, walk us through. There was big news at Facebook. Oh my this Lord. Week. The, yeah, the, there's a lot of, a tweets, lot yeah. of Please don't read all this S- S- Skip the Schroper one. Just, just go to the, the, the protocol one at the bottom, right? Uh, making. And, Oh, this is from Janko Rogers. Is that right? Um, making so. Andrew Bosworth CTO means Facebook doesn't just see the metaverse as a future product, but as a foundational technology. Um, yeah, I, I spoke to some people um, from Facebook um, actually in the past week. Uh, somehow uh, we talked a lot about like what's going on um, with Is Facebook a metaverse. deploying resources and definitely moving away from news and publishing and all those relationships, which they see as sort of a lose-lose situation because someone's always pissed off at them and really actually shifting tons of resources um, into um, metaverse. I I heard there's four groups working on just avatars there. So I know they're probably, you know, they think that VR is the end all be all, which we think is slightly misguided, but they there's no bullshit there. It is an absolute priority for them. Yeah, just it's interesting to me, like what provoked it. It, it, it makes sense, though, Rich, we, because we talked we talked about this um, about metaverse or 3D interactive, right? Because that's really the right the right uh, label for it being the next media platform and we'll talk about sure. roblox later on and what they're doing oh, with, with we'll bring it up next we'll and, bring it and, up next and brands on roblox right that you just go right there just go right okay. there man i'll bring up the slide okay hold on i think that's a perfect segue okay um so this one from venture beat there's two on here but roblox unveils listening parties for music artists like 
the music industry has caught on to the fact that 3D Interactive is going to be the next major um, media platform. If you are, it's, it's a, where kids hang are, out, right? If you're a content owner or a brand, you need to be where the puck is going. We actually gave a lot of comments to Adweek on this um, in that article that came out a couple of days ago. But um, you saw um, brands being late to social media, to mobile, all these places. Um, when when um, those became the next um, media distribution platforms, they're not going to make that same mistake this time. And they they see the opportunity um, on on Roblox. Well, I think, you know, relate to that TikTok world is coming this Tuesday, sort of built for brands. And I think the same thing, you're seeing brands lean very early and very aggressively into TikTok, realizing that sort of these are the new platforms where you can reach consumers because uh, other than the NFL, yeah. there is nothing working on television. Like, nothing. Way, I mean, the NFL is by it on its own. In my rental car, I know Walt's on mute, but Walt um, is going to love this. On Sirius, there's like the TikTok channel now. Oh my god! Yeah, so there is a TikTok playlist that are popular on, on TikTok or on Sirius. Yeah, I can also do I a, a Spotify. Cool. I can also do a Spotify playlist. I wouldn't subscribe to Sirius for that. Rich, what about the Emmy ratings? That that was working. Weren't Emmy ratings up relative to 2019? They were. I mean, it's sort of the first award show to show up ratings in a long. So, but isn't it ironic time. that the Emmy ratings were up, and yet the the shows that were getting heralded were <laughs> streamers. Uh I did. There was a great tweet. I actually didn't put it up in the deck today. It was. I removed it. Mark probably put it in. There was an interesting observation. NFL ratings on the lead in the four o'clock games were huge, huge. And so how much of the yeah, Emmy so sort of was the lead in being huge, super like, strong? What okay. is it like on the, on the flip ago, side? Lead -ins? <laughs> yeah. OK, but on the flip side, the what was what was on at the same time, which was what I was watching. And I think I tweeted was the football you. game. Was it was an a good amazing football game. football game. Right. It was right. Ravens versus Chiefs. So you can't like say, oh, yeah, football was the reason yep. Emmys was so strong and not mention that football also had a great game. Now, you're right. The, the Emmy ratings were very good. Definitely encouraging for the overall industry. Um, the funny part was the ch the channels that it airs on, which is broadcast TV, really won no awards other than late night TV. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like you sort of forgot oh, and, that and Ted Lasso linear TV even was there. And Ted Lasso wiped up. He, by the way, I'm going to make my prediction. By the now. way, did Ted did Lasso you, will did not you win. see that Ted Lasso was wearing velvet? Like no, I because I was watching football, Brandon. When you weren't watching football, anyway. So what I was going to say is, I'm going to make. Oh, no, I didn't watch now. either. I just saw Ted, it on Instagram. Ted Lasso <laughs> will not win Emmys next year because season two. Season two is not as good as season one. Isn't as good. All right, That's my let's, prediction. let's get back to the Roblox. Well, I, I want well, well, to. Yeah, things. I just want to make one last point just There's because we had it up topics. on this. Yeah, just because I think, you know, again, there was Zynga news out this week that Zynga is doing a game. It, it basically is a game that sort of seems very much like the Among Us, which caught the world by storm during the pandemic. But that Zynga is launching this game on Snapchat. And again, this goes back to Brandon. I know you've been yep. thinking a lot about sort of what Bitmoji. What happens with Bitmojis, how those sort of become universal avatars. But the idea that you can sort of use Bitmoji-like, you know, creations or avatars inside of an Among Us-like game 
and you play it on the Snapchat platform where all your friends are. And, you know, this tweet from Okapi basically says, you know, we wouldn't be surprised to see Zynga do something in Roblox in the future. Again, it's just interesting to me. Yeah. And I think you've asked them that I question. Th- yeah, like I asked just, them that question on the call. Yeah. And I, what did they say? I don't even remember what they said. Yeah, they'll look at any platform. They're platform agnostic. Which... But those are both platforms. Roblox, what makes Roblox and Snapchat so interesting is that avatars already exist and people are comfortable using avatars in both yep. of those environments. Right, like Facebook, to your point, I want to go back to what you said. Who's using an avatar on Facebook? Like in what environment no, do you? It, it, they have to. I mean, Facebook is going to have to make a dramatic um, pivot. <laughs> I'm just getting if, if avatar is the, the sort of the initial building block of this metaverse world that we're going into. Facebook is One nowhere today. Yeah, they're except, nowhere today. On that. Except again, they have. I know a billion people. I know four billion people. Yep. And tens of tens of thousands of employees and billions of dollars to throw at the problem. The question is, it's like we always talk about what's like what's in a company's DNA and how does that matter? And how when things are moving very quickly, how hard it is when you have a very, very large organization to pivot that organization. So, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. So from dueling avatars to dueling humans. Oh, we there was one more actually on the. Uh, oh, you want to do one more on? The, what do you on want to touch Ro- on the Roblox? Oh, we can go back to Roblox. Hold on. Sorry. I, I know Walt okay. hates when we talk to Roblox. Um, Roblox like to add podcast now. opt-in age Jesus. verification for players and developers. Um, so this is important for their new upcoming voice feature. Um, which expands, voice chat to be to be clear yes, voice, voice chat so you can yes, talk to voice, each other yes voice chat feature um, which again expands the utility um, of Roblox ways that people can interact but this is for people age 13 and over and we talk about Roblox starting to age up obviously tweens is their bread and butter now you're talking about 13 and over having key features. Um, so it seems like this voice, well, you can also do a lot. You can also do some interesting things. Is that really a feature that's going to attract a broader audience? Like what? someone's going to say, I'm going to play Roblox now because I have this feature or is it just, no, no, no. no. I think it's more of no, the games can be more interactive another, and more interesting. It's a, okay. it's another arrow in the quiver, I think yep. is the best way yeah, to, to put keep it. them in. Yep. Yeah. And to I mean, come up with bigger, better, more immersive ways to interact and and better experiences. That's yep. all. Next. Now to dueling humans versus um, dueling avatars. Uh, Ariel Helwani adding another nugget to tonight's thoughts column on a new MMA league that will be announced soon and that is hoping to shake up the whole MMA industry. And that there's he gives a lot of um a lot of things that are going to be a part of this, but I think the biggest thing is the 50-50 rev share um, with with the fighters. Um, Now, uh, Ari Emanuel and others um, have been at WME, UFC, have talked about, oh, like fighter pay has grown six times um, since, I think, 2005, which on the surface seems like a very large number. Um, However, I think... UFC revenue is up 16 or 18% 
um, or, or something like that. And I think the fighters are only getting 16 to 20% somewhere in that range of revenue, even at the high end of that, look at what the collective bargaining agreements yield in regular in the big four sports you're talking about like real 50 50 splits so the fighters are dramatically underpaid there's no health insurance there's no career insurance there's you know there's a lot of things um that could be improved upon for fighters and so now there have been new leagues created but but we have had new mmm leagues created in the past right i mean PFL exists, Professional Fighters League. I mean, we're um, we've seen what Don Davis has you know been building over the last few years. So, like UFC isn't you know competition to UFC isn't new. I guess the question is whether this is yeah Bellator is this different? I guess is the question. Like, is this a bigger? And we don't. There hasn't been obviously. It sounds like the hints like this is backed by big people, someone with money, with with really large pockets. So. Let's see. And by the way, Mark just corrected me. Apparently, I said that UFC revenue had grown 18% instead of 18 times. So you're talking about fighter pay up six times and revenue up 18 times, um, which kind of gets you to that max 20% take for for the fighters. Doesn't sound like this would based on that. Doesn't sound like this is a near term issue for the next 12 months, but it's something that the news flow, the headlines could be bad over the course of that 12 month period. Sure. building into 2023. Um, let's move on to Live Nation, um, making uh, an acquisition that people thought was going to happen at some point, Brandon. Yeah. So Live Nation to acquire 51% of Ocesa, Mexico's largest concert promoter for $444 million. Um, This is a deal that had been announced before the pandemic, then it went away. Um, it's... and. Uh, investors had really hoped um, would come back at some point because it's extremely accretive. Um, at the time, we thought it was going to add like $90 million um, of EBITDA to Live Nation, which, you know, is uh, 9%, 10%, whatever. It and why don't be. they buy 100% of these things? Is there a reason why they, they buy 51 versus 100? Yeah, it's interesting. It, just in terms of their strategy overall, is to you buy 51%, right? You get to consolidate it and no one looks below the line for this company, just saying, right? So that's number one. But number two is you you keep um, in, incentives aligned because this is a, a lo- like live entertainment's a local slash regional business. And you really keep that local you guy really excited. Need feet on the ground in all of these local markets to be, um, um, to, to be incentivized. Um, and then just kind of like lastly on this, a big part of um, Live Nation strategy going forward is going to continue to be the roll up. There's, you know, endless international opportunities for them. This just so happened to be a really big one. Most of them will be mom and pops. I, I see you about to ask that question, Rich. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, you know, I think the the reality is, is like, you know, the question I guess is that investors are going to be thinking about is like, how many of these are possible over the next couple of years? Yeah, like, are there they're still, not. Are like, there still honestly, twenty of these rich, left, no, or like we're running not, out of room? No, not big ones. Okay, right. But they're so this is unique in terms pen- of the their size. International and scale. penetration is still tiny. They're just going to do six, seven, eight smaller right. promoter acquisitions or ticketing acquisitions. Probably more promoter um, 
every every year and it's going to continue to be accretive um to EBITDA. that's all moving on so hbo um you know we were sort of big proponents of hbo leaving the channel store you know so they were on amazon you could watch hbo um, basically you could watch hbo on amazon prime video you wouldn't use the hbo app um, you would just watch all of your content right there next to you know all of the Amazon Prime content, and it was great. It juiced subscribers. I mean, I think the in the end, somewhere between probably around four and a half million Amazon HBO subscribers, they all got canceled uh, about a week ago, and you know no messaging on Amazon. So there's no Amazon's not telling you, hey, go download the HBO Max app and re-sign up. None of that. So they sort of ended on a pretty frosty note. And the question is, you know, what does that mean for HBO? The reality is the good news is they've got um, Succession, they've got The Matrix, they've got Dune. So I think the the calendar for HBO is sort of stacked so that they sort of were prepared for this in terms of like when they were seeing their content. My guess is they get back at least half of those subscribers between, you know, year by year end and probably get most of them back over the course of the next year. But then they came out with this promotion of basically half price for you know the subscribers that were basically disenfranchised by the Amazon change. They offered half price for six months. Seemed like a pretty nifty promotion way to not just drive direct D to C subs. And so getting people off of cable systems and other places, but also just recapturing these subscribers quickly. So we'll see. I just think it's interesting how they were using their content heft and especially yep. going back to the all about going the back content. to that. We talked well, yeah, about going back to that first slide services. Go back to like yeah. what we said about Disney. It's all exactly. about the content appealing to wider audiences. We talk about Netflix, you know, with all the content coming back, expected big uh, Q4. And then here again, HBO with the right, right so, content, so Disney Disney subgrowth. has the content that they could be deploying to continue to drive subgrowth even as they have sort of this lull caused by covid so they have the movies they could be using those movies to drive subs in the interim instead they're forcing them into the theaters it's just interesting how HBO is taking a very different tact and so far has had the best US subscriber growth i know we've talked about that before but continues to have the best subscriber growth in the US of any of the major players this year and um, we've got one last slide that is one of our favorite repeat topics. But uh, Walt, why don't you read this? Well, that would be Rich's. No, this is from Casey Newton. He said, I follow 473 people on Clubhouse. In the last 24 hours, according to the apps activity tab, four have been online. Scared emoji. Or grinning emoji. It's a grin. I think it was a grinning. I mean, what was the last time you were on Clubhouse, Walter? I think I might have checked in and had a similar experience. I don't follow 473 people, but I checked in maybe like a week or two ago to see if there was anything. Frankly, I was looking for something to troll, <laughs> like a funny room that I could say like, oh, look what's on Clubhouse. Um, right. But then I got bored very quickly. I think Ledger still kind of shows up there from time to time but like just for the heck of it yeah he's let honestly ledger's the only person that i get an alert for like every day that he's on he loves it for some reason why do you think he likes it so much i don't know maybe maybe he's bored now that he doesn't have a job and he needs to interact with people a good puff piece 
uh, on him and some magazine talking about how he changed T-Mobile. So, why are we going to Black Eyed Peas for our outro, Brandon? What's the Brand. Which is something you were. It's like the this exact, was just cheesy, it's the exact the wedding, cheesy music from the yeah. wedding. <laughs> yeah, the guy with the. Oh, you know what? We should have had the light the guy on. Guy. The fact that I didn't have the light guy on with the light suit running around lit up. What I can't believe that? I didn't put that the in. The band asked me if I wanted that as an add-on, and I was like, absolutely not. So they just put it in there anyway. They put it in there anyway. For Dude, that was. Listeners, you may have noticed that Brandon's voice sounds more sultry than ever now from both being married but also having his microphone so please give him positive feedback in the comments or via email to encourage him um because it does make a difference podcast pretty soon i'm going to be able to be a 1900 operator Uh, that's episode 73, everyone. Have a great Have weekend. Have fun in Florida, Rich. Uh, Thank you. I'll try to stay away from week. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. That's a nice call.